0: Welcome to another episode of the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for this week, Osama Dorias.
1: and I am Fauzi Mesmar, your co-host.
0: Yes, uh, did I say three developers? <laughs> <I didn't> when <laughs> when was the last time we had three developers?
1: It's been a while. It's been, oh, it's been... <laughs> we said we said the same thing last week, in which I uh, oh, no. surprised about by being a co-host. Then there was no third co-host.
0: <laughs> no no unfortunately not anyway rami's not here we assume he's on a plane we don't know for sure
1: it's usually it
0: <laughs> usually you know remember um the website rami used to have where in the world is rami now or yeah. something like that or is rami in the netherlands or something like that yeah now it's like literally isn't rami in the air <laughs> it's like 50 percent chance
1: <laughs> we should expand that to all the habibis where are the habibis
0: <laughs> good point because now we're all kind of airborne especially like once <laughs>
1: once eventually he buys a plane and now he's hauling us around everywhere <laughs> 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 like we're all aboard the air rami and now we're going everywhere
0: yeah i love it i'm it, liking this it's, idea it's gonna happen yeah i am in. i in.
1: it's like I'm a in. tiny tour know. plane <laughs> we're all, we're <laughs> on the tour and the three of us
0: I I gotta renew my passport. Thank you for the reminder.
1: Habibi Airlines. Habibi air. Habibi air. Habibi air. I love it. The Royal Habibis. Habibi Royal. wings. Habibi wings.
0: All right, we need we need to go on Twitter and, and make a poll and see what people what we should name our airline.
1: They will not allow us anywhere near U.S. airfields, you know. <laughs>
0: That's okay. It's going to be Europe only,
1: anyway. <laughs> at best. So how you been, Posey? How's the week been for you? I've been playing some video games, actually. Really? It's been the, the long-awaited Nintendo release of Captain Tsubasa. <laughs> <laughs> Is the
0: game any different on the Switch?
1: <laughs> no, no. It's uh, It's not It's not uh, Captain Tsubasa. I was I was half joking. It's... Uh, I but, know,
0: yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> i i know what just came out on the switch i was playing along
1: <laughs> god damn it i didn't catch that <laughs> it's okay
0: yeah so obviously we're talking about mario strikers mario strikers
1: i think it's because captain Tsubasa like originally did not have a switch release so i was like yes and then they released it later on the switch so um uh, <laughs> But now th- they're similar games, right? In a lot they're of ways. super they're super similar, so it's uh, one of those um, hyper anime soccer simulation to some extent. but this one is with uh, <laughs> Mario characters. So I think like the best way to describe this game is that think five aside football no, hmm. no let me let me repitch this to you. Think Mario Kart, but with five aside football <laughs> uh, and by football, <laughs> I mean soccer. For our North American yeah, listeners. And instead of, of tackling players, which you can, you can also punch them in the face. Okay. So, like, if you're. Punch uh, them. Like that's a violent Your, your, your opponents. Violent for an your opponents, game. yeah. You can, you can like punch them, clubber them, kick them.
0: And you can do it even when they don't have the ball.
1: And you can do that even when they don't have the ball, yes. <laughs> so, it's basically
0: a fighting game where soccer happens as
1: well. <laughs> soccer is part of it. And and it's totally one of those games in which you were bound to lose friends over, especially your competitive uh. friends. Like if you have friends that are super competitive and they think they're really good at Mario Strikers, if that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then like they're just about to score and they're, like, they're charging the hyper shot and like it's in slow motion and whatnot. And then you like throw a banana at them, cancel all mm. of that. <laughs> People with short tempers are going to be very upset.
0: <laughs> i can't wait to try it it's uh, on my very long list of games that i want to play it, and we'll have
1: it's for. it's fun man so it's like five aside you choose each uh is it five aside no it's four aside my bad four aside no. with the keeper that's the five mm. part yes so four players and a keeper that's five i i'm okay. good at podcasting for <laughs> four player four players and a keeper the keeper is almost always uh, ai uh, controlled right and mm-hmm, the players mm-hmm. uh, they can be assigned to different players or one player can control an entire team
0: so the question i have for you is do you
1: know how many players it is local i think it it can support up to 8 players wow yeah. okay so i need to fact check, i need I to know. fact uh, check that but i think it yeah. is
0: because i like the only two games that i know of that supported eight players on the switch were smash bros and i think there was like a runbow or some other <laughs> color based uh platformer type game uh I'm, i don't think there are many that support eight players local yeah
1: so um uh, this is why it caught my attention because it has that smash thing in which you can assign players to different slots and every slot can select uh, a character So yes, I just uh, fact-checked that. Every match of the game can be played in multiplayer, and up to four players can control a single team. Wow. uh, Okay, that's amazing. So you can choose your character, and now you're Mario for the rest of the match. So that's pretty cool. I want to try that. I haven't tried that yet. I have played multiple matches in which um, uh, we were just two of us. So uh, each one of us controlled the team, or the two of us were uh, on the same team. Then you can switch between players. In a similar way, you could do it FIFA. Let's use one of the shoulder buttons and then you toggle, basically. Wow.
0: Okay. It has a
1: lot of the things that you would have in a football game. So you can pass, you can shoot, you can through pass, you can lob the ball over, and you can tackle. You, can, you use one of the, the right trigger button to kind of speed up and speed down. And when you speed up or uh, use any of the power moves, it consumes your uh, stamina. So, you know, it's kind of to counter you overusing it. You can mm-hmm. tackle, you can charge tackle. You can shoot and you can charge shoot. And obviously when okay. you charge shoot, it uh, you can shoot uh, stronger. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of uh, like small smart depth mechanics to kind of like add the uh, more skill to the game. So there is mm-hmm. um, perfect timing. So for example, if you pass, the minute you get the ball, you can pass again, so you can do a one-two kind of thing. However, okay. if you press it in the exact right time, you can get what they call a perfect pass, which okay. uh, like like a homing pass shines differently, and it has like a trail behind it, and all of this, and it's uh, mm-hmm. a bit more accurate. Uh, and
0: that's if you press like the pass button as you're getting, the... just the ball.
1: as the ball gets to the your character's foot. Oh, okay. and they have that uh, well like i think um in some characters they can even use their hand to um to push the ball around like if you're playing a donkey kong or something so like it's a uh, soccer <laughs> it's loosely uh, based on soccer yeah. <laughs> um, but like um if you pass the ball and the other player shoots at the uh, like the perfect time that the ball gets there then it's a perfect mm-hmm. shot mm. and that's more powerful than a regular shot okay and and it has a bunch of these like you know smart depth mechanics. So like you can uh, tackle, and there's a mm-hmm. there's an evade button that you can use. So you can like mm-hmm. you know avoid a, a player that is tackling you. But if you evade just at the last second, then you get the perfect evasion or the perfect dodge, okay. I think they call it, and that mm-hmm. gives you an extra speed boost for a couple of seconds.
0: That's really cool. It feels like a action adventure game where all of these mechanics, like perfect parries or perfect dodges, like yeah. found a good home.
1: So there's a, yeah. there's a lot of like, you know, um, uh, so skill-based uh, mechanics in the game to kind of differentiate, yeah. you know, players on skill level and all of this. And you learn that in the tutorial, like, okay, I can probably master each one of those on their own, but then you play a match and then it's chaos, it's mayhem. There's like all these characters playing at the same time, players tackling each mm-hmm. other, and all of that stuff. It really requires... Uh, you to play a couple of matches to kind of readjust your brain, to go like, okay, I need to remember all the things that I've learned. I need to like, you know, Mm -hmm. take it easy and like, I need to, uh, 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 like, it it requires uh, like split second reflexes sometimes in order for you to react to what your opponent is doing. So it's not a game
0: that you could just pick up and play with friends that have played it before. Yeah, you're gonna get wrecked. I think
1: this is kind of one of those games that are kind of like polarizing. Like, I think there are some people that yeah. uh, will pick it up and have a good time. I think there's some people like mm. will find it overwhelming and hate it. I think there's some people mm. that might you know take it seriously and then it might become their game. Mm. You know um to make matters it's a good place for for a game like this to sit in, yeah in right
0: my yeah the only thing missing is like usually you would have at least one mode for the people who don't want to take it seriously but still want to have a good time
1: yeah and usually
0: it's a single player or story mode or something yeah. if they have that then that's a full I'm not sure
1: if this game has that so it's not a story mode kind of thing you can still play friendlies as far as mm-hmm. i saw I haven't played okay. online yet. I, I'm, I'm terrible at the game so far, so I will eventually uh, go go up and play it. But, like, uh, there's online clubs and there's leagues and there's all kinds of different uh, modes that the online game will uh, unlock for you to enjoy the game. But right now I'm enjoying it uh, quite a bit in friendlies when I'm playing against friends and all of this. Oh, yeah. And there's this other mechanic that I wanted to add. Uh, also similar to mm-hmm. Smash, um, all of a sudden, like, uh, this uh, flaming orb appears in the in the in the field oh and then the t- and you get your superpower exactly thing? the team that collects it now oh, you wow. have the hyper shot wow and then the hyper okay. shot is this uh, super thing that you can trigger and once you trigger it uh, it will show this meter in which you have to perfectly time two button presses so that you mm-hmm. can execute the perfect shot
0: Oh, so you still have a skill check even after collecting the arrow. Yes,
1: exactly. Also, okay. keep in mind that while you're doing all of this, any other player could slow motion tackle you.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So also like trying to pick the position to do this, then do the skill check, then shoot the ball and wish for the best. It's uh it's it's still like, you know, not a guaranteed uh, score. And this one, if you score <laughs> with this one, you get 2 points. <laughs> wow.
0: Okay, loosely based on loosely based on football.
1: (laughs) There's also (laughs) like what's interesting
0: about that is it's not what I would have expected from a game that kind of that comes from Nintendo because, like, I was just expecting some hardcore rubber banding where if you are losing, the ball will be will spawn in your court and there will be no skill check and you're going to turn all the other characters in the opposing team tiny and (laughs) be able to squish like really like a Mario Kart slash uh, soccer, yeah. So this is more skill based than than I would have expected. And, probably like, yeah. And I
1: think that's why it's going to be polarizing. I think this is like more yeah. tennis uh, aces, Mario Tennis aces, yeah. in which like uh, it's a it's a bit of a fighting game in its DNA, and it's very skill based. Yes. And that's why I'm saying it might be polarizing. Of course, like the players that cannot pull off the the skill stuff, they'll probably yeah. bounce off it if they're in an uneven matchup. That makes sense. Um, there's um, this other mechanic that I also found interesting That's maybe adds a little bit of the randomness. Maybe that's a bit mm-hmm. of the rubber banding, but also this is the part that will uh, uh, some of the pro uh, quotation players will not enjoy, is that um, mm-hmm. there's, like Mario Kart, there's the random boxes that spawn in the field. Okay. Uh, some boxes have your team's color, and only your team can collect them. Some boxes mm-hmm. have the opponent team color and you can not collect them. And some are neutral. Anyone can grab. Mm. And when you grab them, they spawn items. Mm-hmm. And they're very much like Mario Kart items in which you can throw a banana peel. You can throw a green turtle shell and a homing red turtle shell. And uh, a bob which for mm. me is like one of the most powerful items in the game so far. Mm
0: um and and those do you feel that the spawn rate uh like do you feel you get better items based on how poorly you're doing like is it a negative feedback loop or i think it's
1: yes, probably that's where they do that uh, they try to do the rubber banding okay. a bit uh,
0: but you didn't notice it explicitly i haven't
1: seen far, any so. blue shells or uh Not like nice the thing. homing missiles or any of that stuff just yet
0: okay so it's more random and hoping that it's not going to help out the better.
1: Yeah, player. but honestly, like a bomb can just screw things up so badly that that I don't know if you ever <laughs> need like a, it's like an area of effect thing that just blows up three players. And the thing is, like in okay, this big. in this game, when you're knocked up, uh, when you're knocked yeah. over, yeah. Um, you're kind of stunned for a couple of seconds.
0: Yeah. And in a soccer game, that's huge, yeah. especially when you're four players on the field and three get knocked out. Like that's that's a game changer. That's
1: half the team just sitting there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, spot on analysis. I, I love the game design in Some. It's just like if you haven't played the game, but you got like, yeah, they, they put this for this. They put that for that. This is the mechanic they're using for this. <laughs>
0: Likewise, I love that I get to talk to you about these things. I love it. There is a correction that I wanted to make. I had said at the beginning that I think it's there are no other games that are eight players other than Smash Brothers and Runbo. Apparently, that was the truth like four years ago or whenever the Switch came out. And there are uh, over a dozen other games right now that have uh, eight player support. So. I don't know how, some of which I knew about and I kind of forgot about. Like I knew Towerfall had eight players and I knew Bomberman had eight players. I just, you know, you, you, you read a thing at some point, <laughs> you don't adjust. So yeah, there are plenty of eight player games on the Switch, uh, local eight player games on the Switch, which is uh, really interesting. It's the only console doing that right now.
1: Yeah, so I'm, uh, I am I was tweeting about this earlier. I think like a Gamescom, I'm going to be bringing this. I know Rami's going to be bringing his Switch. Yeah, and
0: I'm planning it'll go to to Gamescom. I didn't buy my tickets yet, so it's not official yet. But I'm do it, man. It'll like GDC, like Gamescom. you know,
1: hotels and stuff yeah. go fast, so I would start booking them early if, if I were you.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good call. And I think I'm, we'll I'm be able to that. get
1: like at least eight other players and like have a bunch of like uh, Mario Striker games and stuff like that. That would be fun. That
0: absolutely sounds like a blast. That sounds so good. All right, I'm in. Count me in. As, as long as nothing, not everything is booked up already.
1: I mean. <laughs> hopefully you'll find something, man. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Have you played anything else this week? I've watched a TV show I wanted to talk about. Um, it's a TV show called uh, Tokyo Vice on HBO. Wow! Have you Tokyo heard of it Vice. or seen any of it or something like this? Nothing at all. All right. Um, so I, can, uh, I think it got released April this year. Yeah, so it's, it's mm. pretty new. First season came out a couple of months ago. It's uh, based on a book called Tokyo Vice by Jake Adelstein. Uh, okay. It's a nonfiction book. Jake Adelstein is an American uh, who used to live in Tokyo, I think, in the 90s. Uh he went over to Japan. He studied uh, economics, if I'm not mistaken, and then studied Japanese literature. He's super fluent in Japanese. He's so fluent, in fact, that he managed to get a job at the Meicho, uh, newspaper. Oh, newspaper, wow. um, being uh, the first foreigner to ever get that job. So it's a Japanese newspaper. It's one of the most widely circulated newspapers in the country with millions of readers so it makes it like a it gives it a world ranking just by the sheer number of people that were reading it back in the 90s mm-hmm. um, and he gets the he gets the job as a news reporter writing and uh, uh writing news articles in japanese and that's
0: impressive super, just super
1: right and uh um, yeah. like the, the actual true story is uh, super impressive and inspired the the tv series and through his work in the, in the newspaper, he gets exposed to the workings of the Yakuza. Oh. So he starts to follow the Yakuza. He gets in touch with the, a lot of Yakuza members, uh, some uh, kingpins even, and has a lot of fascinating run-ins with them and cover covering their stories and uh, work with the, with the police and all of that stuff. Okay. So he covered a lot of his work through the newspaper, made sure while he was there, and then he eventually compiled all of this stuff in a nonfiction book in English called Tokyo Vice that was released and in which the TV show is based on.
0: How do you like the show? I'm very intrigued. It's, it's great. It to my the show is fantastic. Yeah.
1: The show is fantastic. So I think they, they capture a lot of the, uh, the elements of uh, what the book is all about. Uh, the book I also quite enjoyed, so uh, it was great to see uh, to see it being transferred into the the main screen. Many, many things I want to say. The plot is super intriguing. It's uh, if you're not familiar with Japan, it's like a gateway into this uh, wonderful world that you probably never know existed. And if you're kind of familiar mm. with uh, Japan, it's an even deeper look into like the underworld of Tokyo and how the yakuza work. Really, like the gangsters kind of thing. It's a uh, it's a fun. Drama, generally, that's the kind of drama I usually get into, which is the the crime drama, <laughs> as you've seen in like <laughs> most of my favorite shows. Like my favorite show is The Wire, and that's also a crime drama to some extent. So crime dramas, mm. like the, the genre I like, and that's like a very specific Japanese flavor. Mm. And for me, um, uh, there was a lot to relate to the show because uh, there was this this only foreigner guy in a very Japanese company, and um, yeah, he was. He had to learn the hard way to follow the rules sometimes. And he was also like, you know, this new person coming from a different culture and tried to bring in their ideas and the clash that that happened sometimes. Uh, that mirrors a lot of my own experience in which like I worked in a company, mm-hmm. I was the only non-Japanese guy in the company. And, <laughs> you know, like uh, constantly walking the fine line of understanding the culture, trying to bring in your own, being respectful. And also, like, try to walk the line between what does it mean to be a foreigner, or a foreigner working in the country, speaking the language, not speaking the language. There's a lot of like these nuances that I think uh, people with a similar experience to mine will be able to relate to. Relate to. For me, I found it like uh, uh, it, it made me, uh, yeah, a, a little bit nostalgic in some in some sense. Uh, the, the locations yeah. of the shooting from a lot of the things also made me nostalgic. So, so. Uh, it's it's uh, You know you know what I what I really want yeah. now
0: now that you're saying this? I really want your memoirs of you working. Like I even have a suggestion for the book name. Yeah. You could call it Tokyo Nice. <laughs> 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 All right. There was a little bit of a joke in there, I love but the serious I'm serious about the topic. Oh, I think I would love to hear and read more about your adventures working in <laughs> as the only non-Japanese person in a Japanese video game company i just can't wait to hear all your stories i have a lot of stories
1: maybe i'll drop a little bit here in the podcast here and there but uh yeah but why not if i ever write that book i'll uh, i'll make sure that you would write the forward to it <laughs> so. oh i would love that so much <laughs> uh, like here's the here's here's the guy that made the pun that's now the title. <laughs>
0: I love it. I mean, yeah, the forward will just be explaining the pun. That's because yeah. that's what we have to do, right? Yeah. We explain
1: segues and puns. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, one thing I also wanted to add. Um, the that I found interesting is the cast, the cast of the show. So, mm. from the Japanese side, there is uh, Ken Watanabe. It was like an Academy Award nominee. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a big he, deal. He brings in like an incredible performance in every work he does. Uh, Everything, this absolutely. Is, this is not exception. The, the Japanese uh, cast, there's also Shoka Samatsu, also does a brilliant performance. The Japanese cast I found was brilliant, like uh, really did an amazing, amazing job. Um, the, the, the guy that's playing Jake Adelstein, his name is Ansel Ilgort. Hmm. I don't, I didn't know much about this guy. I think I've only seen him in one movie before called Baby Driver. Another movie I really like.
0: Yeah, that was a good movie. Baby
1: Driver is nice. So here's Baby in, in that movie.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know his name. Yeah.
1: So as I was watching the series, um, he does a lot of, uh, lines in both Japanese and English. And usually, like, it's kind of similar to Arabic. When, like, an actor starts speaking Japanese in a movie, I kind of cringe in a similar way. Like, when somebody starts speaking Arabic in a movie, like, super broken Arabic. Yeah. So I was expecting a bit of that. And then he starts speaking, like, the accent is not 100%, but it's very impressive. Really? Yeah, I'm. I'm listening. Like you know, the, you know, there's other cast members that are speaking. You know what? Uh, what I expected There was some broken Japanese being speaking there, even if it's spoken correctly, like a very heavy, thick accent. Uh, but when this dude was doing his lines, they were they were they were flowing, like he wow. he's not struggling to to read his lines. He's acting his lines. So I started to dig into it, and turns out that he spent like six weeks studying six hours a day or seven hours a day of Japanese
0: wow
1: and he liked it so much that he's now like doing Japanese regularly so he wants to like you know continue all the way until he becomes fluent and that kind of helped the creators of the show in which like um, usually that they will have you do two words in Japanese and then you continue the rest in English so that the audience feel that they are now speaking in Japanese kind of thing (laughs) and then they don't have to Make the the actors struggle or people that understand Japanese struggle listening to them. <laughs> wow, but in this, but but I- but he volunteered and he was like, yeah, I can I can do this. And he was speaking like you know, uh, he can express himself pretty interesting. And I really like that he also knows his level in the language, so that he was selective. So like he would speak in semi long sentences, but he would avoid like super mm-hmm. complex things that will kind of uh, blow his cover. Yeah. So he comes across exactly like you watch an entire means. season. He <laughs> goes like, "This guy is fluent," and then like you you, you read about it, and you go like, "Okay, I, I love how he uh, he picked his battles," so to say.
0: I know exactly what you mean. I've seen the uh, foreign actor try to speak English and you using a word that someone who's just picking up the language wouldn't have used at all, and yet, like, I could tell that the writer wrote this word, and nobody reevaluated it. And you know, even me when I when I'm giving presentation, sometimes I go over a word and I'm like, ah, that doesn't come out naturally when I say it, and I'll just replace it for something simpler or more natural to me. So, like, I love that you've noticed this in the in the show as a strong point because that is a strong point. You want the whole thing to feel like it's a uh, like it was intentional and not you know just a, a byproduct of random things that people put together.
1: Totally, man. It it kind of like you know it. Uh it brings the suspension of disbelief so like uh there are many times like it still happens to me and like when i'm watching a movie and they're like these guys are arab and then they start speaking and then they're speaking in like urdu or something else and immediately like that's like a a slap in the face the wake up kind of thing in which like wait wait what's happening why are these guys not speaking the language in which the movie setting is supposed to be right yeah. It's only a small yeah. portion of people that understand the language will have their suspensions of disbelief broken. But it's, uh, it's uh, so strong that it will immediately bring you out of the experience.
0: Absolutely. Uh, like you said, I saw the same thing happen when I was watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the, the character just says two words in Arabic, just two words. And they were so badly said that I'm like, no Arab would understand them. Yeah, like no one would under—they'd say, "Sorry, come again. What language are you speaking?" Not in a rude way, just a seriously. If you said this these words in this way to me, I have will have no idea what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I like I wouldn't even know you're speaking the language, uh, and that was just one example. But we see it all the time. So yeah, absolutely, the, the suspension of disbelief is a big deal, right? And there's often s- said so confidently, yeah, <laughs> despite them being just utterly wrong. <laughs> Anyway, what can you do? um, I'm glad this wasn't the case in Tokyo Vice. Yeah,
1: so Tokyo Vice completely uh they completely nailed it. Uh great. Super fun show, I recommend it. HBO, man, they're yeah, yeah, they make the best shows, I reckon. Yeah. So what else have you been watching, playing, Uh, doing? I mean like there's a lot of E3 happening. I'm not sure if you're following on that. To be honest, not as much as I normally would, yeah.
0: I've like had a little bit of a flare up of, uh, of of health issues. So I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but not that much. Uh, but tell us, how about you tell us your highlights, your favorites so far? Hmm. Uh, you don't have to spend too long on it. Just like top two or okay. three things that came out.
1: Maybe I'll talk about a couple of things. So a big... Uh, I love that you
0: called it E3, by the way.
1: <laughs> what should I call it? Key 3? Is that the... <laughs> Everyone's
0: saying not E3. Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite my favorite trailer from not E3 is... It's Summerfest, I think. Yeah, Summerfest. For
1: sure. So I've seen people call it uh, Key 3 with like Jeff Keighley's last name. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's cool that's clever i like that <laughs> <laughs> and i kind of that. it so yeah, i like it all key again. three it is then <laughs> go for so it so i i can talk about one big surprise for me was the the riot offer in the microsoft show i don't know if you've seen that osama it's
0: where you get all the characters from all the Riot games for you with game pass is that the yes one?
1: Everything's unlocked That's huge. on Game Pass. Yeah. Also, none of those games are on console.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is huge as well.
1: Right? So so like it's this Microsoft going up on a podium and saying, Yo, with Game Pass, we're not looking at console. We're looking at everything. Yeah. You know, like this is this is where this uh, this is where this account is going. You know, you'll have yep. one Microsoft account that you can run on anything yep. and get all kinds of stuff. You know what I found?
0: Like, yeah. and that—that that is impressive on its own, right? Yeah. Because my first instinct when I saw that is like, "Wait, LOL is coming to console?" Yeah. <laughs> that's my first thought? Yeah. Because you just assume that their focus would have been on console. So when you find out that's not the case, like everybody has a, a had that moment where they had to stop and think, "What does this actually mean?" Yeah. Right.
1: And then, like, I started think like that means that your Microsoft account, you have your Riot account, gonna get folded in. Yeah. And then I'm thinking that, gosh, that means that at the end of uh, the acquisition, your battle.net account is going to get merged in too, right? Yes. And then I'm looking like, oh, yeah, holy, holy crap, this one account is going to be the combination of <laughs> half the industry people. accounts all in one, right?
0: Yeah, that's a lot of power for one company to have. Yeah. It's an exciting and scary thing.
1: It's Yeah, it is. But it was like, you know, like when they showed that, I was like, okay. And um, on their on their stage also, like when they were talking about games, you know, like prior to like, you know, those Microsoft moves, when a, when a trailer is shown, at the end of it, they'll be like coming to, I don't know, Steam, PlayStation, Switch, whatever. It's showing the logos of the things it's going to be on. And Microsoft Showcase, they show a game and they go like, coming to console, PC, cloud. Hmm. It's just the words. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it it feels like, you know, step one of two. I was like, you know, this one account that's going to have everything. These are the means in which you can access that account for now.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's incredible to think that just a couple of short years ago the thought of crossplay across consoles mm-hmm. was unheard of it was yeah. just like no that's never gonna happen and then when those walls came down <laughs> everything else came flooding in it's yeah. incredible
1: the convergence is Shocking. happening and it's uh, it's going across like beyond just companies converging it's everything converging yes. like the way we play where we play all of that is coming together yeah play on whatever you want it is all you need is that one account i guess it so
0: it almost seems like even though they don't have the tech for it it almost seems like Microsoft is delivering on what Stadia was promising. Yeah. And I know that's a very like open statement it doesn't go you know but the, the, there's still a lot of truth in that i just wish that the tech of the cloud for microsoft was stronger that's the only thing i was I'm hoping for it's coming is that uh yeah it is coming it's it coming. is it's a matter it's of time away.
1: i i do believe that yeah. uh, google threw in the towel way too soon
0: yeah i do agree with that as well The tech was really good, but the business model wasn't great.
1: Yeah, but they could have evolved that, you know. But uh, instead, they're like, all right, we're not doing anything. Keep your control. We'll see you later. And I think that was too hasty. A mistake. I agree. I agree. There's so much potential for that. Time will tell. And, you know, like they're big enough that they might want to come back in. But like now they not only need to go into a very competitive market, they need to also uh, go on a redemption tour telling people, no, this time we actually mean it. And then people believing it.
0: They they can't do it. Like I think that the damage control there will cost them a fortune at this point. Yeah. And they already invested a fortune and didn't make returns. I think the best bet for them is to partner with someone else and have them use their tech and yeah. that that
1: company use their branding. You're probably like, right. And this either, is why I'm thinking like it was hasty. Yeah. You know, like if, if even if you supported it, it a little bit, just you know, keep it on the back burner. And when people already, you know, crank that up to eleven, it's much better than you going like, yep, I'm I'm out. <laughs> See you guys later. Agree, we'll, we'll we'll will make more YouTube stuff. You know,
0: yeah, it's almost uh, on a back burner now. I, like my my app, my Stadia app on my phone, got updated like a week ago or something. I don't know why. Oh it, yeah, that's right. It, yeah, probably a hot fix. But like, it's kind of almost on the back burner. But it, it's dead in people's minds. That's the problem.
1: That's the problem. I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Another quick highlight. So like, the big highlight was you know Microsoft uh, showing more of its plans for the future. I guess. Yes. And speaking yeah, of its of plans course. for the future, one of the big uh, other highlights um, for me. Uh, all right. There are two. I'm going to keep them really quick. One of them mm. is Starfield.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm saying I'm saying the game yeah. correctly. I think it is Starfield. Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: Star. No Man's Skyrim.
1: No one's Skyrim. I love that the pitch. <laughs> you know, like, best way to describe <laughs> a game in three words is No Man's Skyrim. Yeah. And I'm all yeah. in for it. You know, it's it's. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like the storylines of Skyrim. I love to see what the Dark Brotherhood in space would look like. You know, <laughs> Yep. yeah. And like, uh they're, they're you know they're working on it. They're gonna probably fix the gunplay a little bit more. Like, you know, put more stuff on those planets and pull the game together. But all in all, is like, yeah, I like the idea of exploring space, shooting aliens, going to a story, building spaceships. I'd like to do all of these things individually. I'd like them all together, probably.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Like, I had this moment where, (laughs) when they were saying, and you can land anywhere on this planet. I'm like, yeah, that sounds so cool. Then they said, and any planet in the solar system. I'm like, okay, okay, that that could work. And then they said, and a thousand other planets. And I'm like, oh. Um, oh, there's nothing can I just get there's yeah, nothing much on those can, planets, huh? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Can I just get a guide for the three or four planets that have stuff yeah. on it and I'll go to those? I don't mind that you procedurally generate 995 others. Yeah. I just want to know which ones not to waste my my time with. Yeah. That's exactly like, that. I'm still super excited for the game. I'm not saying anything bad. Because
1: Bethesda's it's gonna be good. Uh yeah, it will I will enjoy it. But yeah, I was yeah. kind and of I'm likely. excited for yeah,
0: I'm excited for the, for the day where we get excited about content created by AI in the same way as we get crafted content. Like procedural generation takes it to the next step. I don't know if it's going to be in our lifetime. Probably at the pace things are are going now. Yeah, we're just not there yet. Crafted content is still yeah, you know, better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for for most things. Yeah. The you said you had another highlight. Yeah, this
1: was the game of the show for me. The game of the okay. show for me so far is called the Plucky Squire. What? I was expecting a
0: completely different game. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. Fucky Squire. What is that?
1: If, if you I'm haven't, you haven't right seen now. anything about this? I almost I have not seen anything about I it. almost don't want to say anything then in this case because I don't want to ruin it for you so that you can just go and watch the trailer and just get excited about this game. It's this indie game. Uh, it's published by Devolver Digital. And it's uh, Zelda-inspired in a lot of ways. And I'm gonna just. And it's gorgeous. And I'm gonna. Oh my god! Is it gorgeous? I'm gonna stop at that. Like it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's imaginative, and uh, like I said, it's inspired with many Zeldas. Like think the Link Between Worlds. Oh, even. Oh my god.
0: Okay, this just made it to the top of yeah. my.
1: Oh my god! I just saw a thing yeah. I didn't expect. Watch the trailer. What? Watch it all the way through because it just keeps on surprising you. Of like how wow. good it's gonna get that's yeah um that's the game i'm like the most hyped about
0: okay now and i didn't expect this but this is the game i'm the most hyped about too just from watching this <laughs> nice it's a one minute trailer i watched it in the time it took you to, to say that yeah and wow okay that's incredible now i have to watch it with sound because i watched it silent. yeah <laughs> so it sounds just as good talk. as it looks i bet it does I expected you to say Street Fighter 6. <laughs> but i saw that But that didn't even make your top three.
1: I saw that before Key Three.
0: That's true. We did yeah. see that before I saw key that three. before
1: Key but, Three and I was hyped about it. Yes, uh, Rami, but we saw uh, Rami and I talked uh, talked quite a bit about it last week.
0: Yes. But they the, the, they showed more uh during key three. Yes. So that's why I thought maybe yeah. Like, they showed new characters. There's Guile now. There's They explained the system in more details with the six bars and what they do and where you're able to do with them. I'm so excited about and, this game.
1: Oh, my God. They're like, everything yeah, you like I about see... Street Fighter is your Street Fighter wish list. We'll put it all in one Yes.
0: Game. <laughs> it, exactly. You saw the, the taunts that Luke gave Ryu?
1: I did. He's mad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, I think the I saw these taunts, and the image in my brain was that people who are new to Street Fighter they're gonna yeah. lose one round then in the next round yeah. they're gonna do these taunt three times and then rage quit <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're probably right you're probably right but yeah okay cool that's yeah i you put a game on my radar i cannot wait for it to come out i'm super excited that's something special
1: but hey, it's still ongoing so maybe next time we're uh we're doing a podcast there'll be more stuff to talk about but yeah that's yeah. Uh, uh that's my key three yeah. so far
0: <laughs> my my one of the games i'm super excited about and i know this was revealed and announced later but uh not exactly a, a key three moment but in two days we get a new ninja turtle beat em up oh yeah that's right uh,
1: that's yeah, like
0: cool that's really cool actually it's made by my friends actually oh, yeah. Uh I don't know if you know, but like years and years ago, I worked on an action puzzler, kind of like Puzzle Fighter, called Heroes Never Lose. And my friend Stefan, who made the backgrounds for that game, Pixel Artist, he made the backgrounds for the Ninja Turtle games, nice. so, And a few other friends that I know who worked at uh, on it as well. So um, I'm very biased. <laughs> it's also on game pass which makes it super easy so i'm gonna buy it to support them and play it for free on game pass at the same time
1: here's our Gamecast plug of the week yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we really should get that sponsorship we're giving it away for free <laughs> yeah,
1: why would they pay for it we're practically doing. why it. would
0: they pay for it exactly it would be silly too um, but yeah, okay, cool. Uh, I had a couple of things to talk about. I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'll make it really, really Go cool. for it, man. So um, I played the first episode, or rather the first chapter, because it's not episodic anymore. Uh, the first chapter of Life is Strange, True Colors. Um, it's, it, I've never played a Life is Strange before, or I should say I never played much of a Life is Strange yeah. before. I, I downloaded the first episode of the first Life is Strange, yeah. uh, and I had played it, got distracted by something else, and I dropped it, and I never went back. That's the one I played. I uh, played the
1: first season only, so I haven't played anything since. It's from uh, yeah. Don't Nod,
0: right? Don't Nod, exactly. Um, I like it. I think it's well-crafted. I, I really like the art direction. I really like the storytelling. But I feel the games are just too slow for me. I have a hard time going back to it. I, while I'm playing it, I'm fine. But once I put it down, I have a hard time going back. And I don't know if it's just, you know, there's, it doesn't have that pull that other games do. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I actually do. Like, I think they're very. it's very well crafted. Um, so I'm going to see if I could finish it, but I finished the first chapter and it ends on a cliffhanger. So I at least want to start the second chapter to see, <laughs> to see how that resolves. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. That's how they get um,
1: you.
0: Yeah. That's how they get you this time. This time this happened, but I think the other one, the other time I, I dropped it a little too early. I didn't wait for the cliffhanger. Yeah, man. Um, the other game that I played is called Disc Room. Um, And it's made by Rami's ex-partner from Vlambeer, uh, JW. Yeah. And it's really good. It's a very well-crafted game. I mean, I I played, I I think I finished the first 13 rooms or 14 rooms or something like that. Uh, So I didn't get too far into it. Played for about an hour or so. so. I beat the first boss and I'm uh, trying to beat the second boss now. Mm -hmm. But... It's not the game. Is mostly there are sharp things that are trying to kill you. Avoid them. Okay, they're like, they're, that's what it is, and you're moving around. Uh, I unlock two powers, so there are. There's a little bit more to it than that. But the first few rooms is literally that you can move. Don't get cut. Nice. <laughs> um, and they're exploring that and like adding different enemy types with different patterns and um, different objectives and goals to get from room to room. So they do. It's one of those really elegant games where they do a lot with a little, and I love those. I'm a big fan of, you know, take this one simple thing and like explore, go, you know, go wide. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm liking that. It's a shame Ron uh, isn't here
1: to go, to see if he played it. He probably mm-hmm. seen it in development or something.
0: Probably, uh, probably, probably, you know, play tested it and gave feedback or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah So maybe we'll bring it up again the next time all three of us are here, which probably not ever gonna again. I don't know. Who knows? The, the in person episode at GamesCon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's not too far.
0: <laughs> not too far. And finally, the last thing I'll, I'll mention is I watched a new Obi Wan. I'm up to date on the Obi Wan show. How
1: many are out there? Seen? I think I watched four
0: is it more than that
1: uh, yeah four four no
0: it was four. yeah it was four episodes yes uh and um i have very mixed feelings about it yeah. if i can say that yeah i think it's really like fan servicey without any like overlaying theme that i could discern like no message uh i feel it's poorly directed with a lot of the scenes uh just shabby like they're they they do not think like it's very memeable in that way yes. like hey we put up this big gate okay but we could just walk around it <laughs> you know there's like yeah oh, exactly there's,
1: it, there's a lot of these plot points that are crucial to the story but just don't make sense at all
0: at all and i i can't turn it turn off my brain i keep spotting them and <laughs> yeah. I'm like every episode has like 10 of them i mean yeah what are you doing why is it? it feels super low effort what, and it's heartbreaking. What I really dislike, I really like it visually.
1: Yeah, the, like <laughs> I like that you know we're seeing Darth Vader and like Ben Kenobi yes. on the screen again. That's you know yeah what, like the so much that you can do with that. But what I yeah. dislike about the writing of the show is that not only once an episode I would say maybe three to four times an episode there's a Deus Ex Machina yeah. coming out of nowhere to resolve a scene. You know, and there's only. Yep so many times that this can happen before you can stop rolling your eyes at it.
0: Yep. And even like rewind a little bit before that, because I noticed that too, especially in the fourth episode, (laughs) but yes, but I noticed that many times too, before that, even, you know, it's coming. Like, it's not even a surprise because you know, these characters and you know, which ones survive. (laughs) So like having scenes that are based on tension because of will they make it out or not doesn't don't make work sense at all. when you yeah. know
1: doesn't make sense they don't at all. make sense exactly so, like, so just don't do that exactly like since you have the ability to write the fiction of whatever you want and we know how it ends up for all of these characters Trying to build suspense <laughs> yes. with everybody yes. watching knowing the how everything turns up is is yeah is weird it, it feels it's, it's inc- shocking. inconsequential it's shocking. If there's, there's like
0: so many other ways you could build su- suspense like yes. it, it'll still work bring the characters back I'm not saying don't do prequels I'm just saying do it in a smart way it's shocking yeah it's shocking
1: yeah and many times like because like uh, a lot of these events feel inconsequential so you yeah. start to think why am I even watching this <laughs> you
0: know? yeah yeah exactly um yeah so I'm I'm some I'm still enjoying it visually I, I there were a couple of cool moments but overall i i wouldn't say it's a good show i can't yep. bring myself to utter those words i will
1: so. watch all of it i'll probably watch all of it multiple times like you know star wars yeah. is a part of my life in so many ways mm-hmm. but you know i but. yeah i so far dislike where the show is and i hope they yeah. take it in a different direction i really hope so Okay, so we're aligned. I for some reason
0: when you said you want to talk about Obi Wan, I was like, okay, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it seems like we're aligned on yeah. this.
1: Generally, I don't usually like to criticize stuff on 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 the air, but like as a yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> Star Wars and this this show specifically, like you know, just yeah i i, I yeah. wish I wish it was better. I hope it gets better. I agree.
0: I hope so. Um oh actually I, I lied I said no more things but there is one more thing I wanted to bring up. Ooh. I saw the first episode of Miss Marvel. Ah. And it is absolutely amazing.
1: Man this year is, is our incredible. year right like a representation it all is, around.
0: It is so good and like I know I'm super biased. I'm just happy it exists. Ooh. I would have been happy to see Miss Marvel in any capacity on the screen. So I understand if uh everyone's like yeah yeah of course it was, you, you liked it yeah no that's true but it was also good on its own merit on top of yes. that it was super artistic and beautiful and emotional and it had all these little nods and i and it felt so authentic to, to like so many i it was just so so well done There are even little Easter eggs, little things that if you blink you don't notice. Like uh, one of the, there's not a plot point, so not a spoiler, Mm -hmm. but one of of the the side like little cameo characters is uh, a person who I saw live in a one of the first, if not the first, m- North American Muslim comedy group called Allah made me Funny. <laughs> and he just makes a cameo where he says like two lines inside and I'm like, 99% of the people are not gonna have any idea who this person is, but this this is a guy I saw live in Montreal, like I don't know how many years ago uh because you know stand up comedy like muslim stand up comedy was was uh, started to be a thing and i was excited about it like 20 years ago and there he is as part of miss marvel like it it just brought so many amazing things together man that's amazing uh,
1: i'm so happy to hear yeah, that
0: i watched it with my daughters and they loved it too uh um, my son watched it on his own if you're wondering <laughs> you know he's that age he's at that age he's watching it on his phone in his room nice. that's <laughs> well we loved it. Yeah, and I couldn't I, I I can't believe I almost ended the episode without mentioning it because it was the thing I was the most excited to talk about yeah, on the yeah. episode. I haven't seen it yet. So hopefully
1: next week we can also talk about it some more and watch more of it, and Rami'll be back. He can say his take on it as well.
0: That would be great, yes. I, I didn't need to say details, I just needed to say how much I love it and happy that it exists. It's so great. No, I'm man. happy I said that. Super
1: looking forward yeah. to watching. It. Thank you,
0: Habibi. Um, Do we have time for email or should we wrap it up? We went longer than we expected. It's been a
1: while since we've done emails. Let's do an email or two.
0: Okay, let's just jump in there. So what do I got for us
1: here? Well, uh, Osama's picking them up. You can always send us emails at emails at thehabibis.com. No, not that. Info at (laughs) (laughs) thehabibis.com. Send it to email.
0: We might get it. No, no, don't send it to info. Send it it to
1: info (laughs) at thehabibis.com. We'll read it on the air. We have a backlog. Don't worry. We'll get to it.
0: (laughs) So we have an email here by, I don't know how to pronounce the name. I'm going to try my best. Cali, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for sending an email. The question is, if you had to do an episode all on your own, what topic would you choose? Is there something that you could spend an hour or so talking about? What about you, Fozzy? I'm sure there are many things you could spend an hour
1: on. Yeah, I think so I think about. like the the bites on their own. I think I spent like <laughs> um <laughs> a combined almost hour talking about my favorite video games or my favorite TV shows or something like this. So I can like I could probably talk about The Legend of Zelda for hours, or talk about fighting games for hours, or talk about yes. uh, game design for hours. And actually, like, you know, I do a lot of talks. So yes. it's basically me standing up for an hour talking to to an audience. So I could definitely yes. do it into a microphone. So currently I'm doing a lot of talks on the creative process. I think we spoke about that on the show a couple of times. I alluded yes. to it. It's like the topic of my upcoming book. And it's, um, I spent almost an hour talking about you know, creativity, ideas, inspiration, and originality and where does all of these things come from. So now I can spend hours talking about this just because of the material I've been putting aside from my book as I started writing it. So, yeah, easily an hour. Absolutely. I love it. (laughs)
0: Um, What about you? Yeah, I I think there's a little bit of overlap. I uh, also lecture about game design, so I could talk for hours on different topics of of game design. I literally have prepared courses where I could just tap into. Uh, I could talk for hours about fighting games and my favorite mechanics in fighting games and my favorite, like, favorite, Uh least favorite, their history, the characters, all the different things about fighting games. Um, forever and ever, I have a very, very soft spot for them. Uh, I can talk for hours about Magic: The Gathering <laughs> because, <laughs> specifically, the intersection of Magic: The Gathering and why game designers should play it because of the language use in Magic: The Gathering. Th- even that small topic, I could talk about for an hour. <laughs> That's so cool. I would listen to all of there these. was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to read your book. I can't wait for it to come out. I want to hear about it uh, about the like the creative process. It's such an interesting topic
1: 2024, hopefully.
0: Hopefully, inshallah. <laughs> so that was a good question. Yeah, um, thank you, Kale. i yeah, trying to remember it so we could like ask Rami because I mean I, it's destiny and airplanes, but what else, Rami? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's more than that. <laughs> I mean, if you put all of all of his comments about those together, it's already going to be more than hours
1: and hours. Yeah, and hours. Yeah. yeah. Rami can um, easily do do, have, do, do a podcast about what he's been what he's been flying about over the past couple of weeks.
0: Uh, absolutely Uh, time for one more yeah one more all right all right. okay so we have a question by Tanvir thank you Tanvir the question is uh, and this is for whichever Habibi feels comfortable answering so we'll see Mm -hmm. I'm a tech consultant and as I'm progressing in my career I'm being encouraged to create an online persona around my career and skills I don't use social media as I like to keep my personal information off the internet as much as I can However, this is becoming harder to do given the industry I'm in. I'm aware that the internet can be one of the best places in the world and propel you to your dream or lifestyle job if it goes well. But the internet can also be a terrible place at the same time. As a game developer who, sorry, as game developers who have a public and online profile following, how do you navigate this? Do you have tips for people to protect themselves from the bad stuff, manage your own well-being while still promoting yourself? your skills, and the work that you do. Ah. So, big
1: one. Yeah. I would, I would have loved for Rami also to be here because I'm very curious to hear what uh, you two do, actually.
0: Okay. Uh, well, for for me, I try to do a little bit of separation. I'm not nearly as online as Rami is in, in, in terms of his presence and his following and all that. But still... Um, I have different rules for different platforms. So uh, like LinkedIn, for example, I share work related things, and that's it. I actually keep forgetting that there is a wall where other people post things on LinkedIn because I just that, I don't engage with the content in that way. Um, for Instagram, I share pictures, <laughs> very few comments. Um, Facebook, my Facebook is much uh, more curated than the other networks. Uh, because a lot of my family, like extended family, are on it. And that's how I keep in touch with family or like old friends that haven't transitioned to anything else. Um, So most of the things that I post on Facebook are actually not public. They're only my friends will see them. And I like it that way. Uh, My my Twitter is public. It's more open. And if you notice that sometimes even when I cross post between uh, Twitter and Facebook, uh, I, I clean it up, I change it up. So like on Facebook, I'll, we, I'll use my part like my wife's name, I'll use my kids' names. and on uh, Twitter, I'll say my wife, my kids and little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just to create this, it's more a reminder for myself of who the target audience of all these different platforms are. And more recently, because I have a lot of friends who are on Twitter and not on, on Facebook, most recently, I've created a a private Twitter where Mm -hmm. I, you know, just like if I want to say a thing that I know is like I don't want everyone in the world to hear. I just tweeted into the void. I barely have any followers. I'm barely following anyone on this private Twitter. I followed you, fo- you with it, but you didn't follow back. And that's okay. Oh, I didn't I do I that,
1: I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay. But, like, that's the whole point. It doesn't matter. This is where I, I just go if I feel like ranting into the void. This is my, my outlet now. Um, the reason for this is because. Uh, Whatever state goes on the internet stays there forever. You really do have to have this level of curation. It really does have a uh, potential negative impact. So as much as possible, you have to have, um, like you could rely on it, but you have to have an escape route. You have to have other means. Uh, when Elon Musk wanted to buy Twitter and a lot of people felt negative negatively about that, many people came up and said, well, I can't leave the platform. My livelihood is tied to, to it or this or this or that. And that's all fair. Like regardless of what what happens, you can't rely on one thing totally. Try to diversify as much as possible. Um, they, I've and Rami as well, and I'm sure many other people too have been uh, targets of like hate groups. And right now, the answer is super simple. If that happens, I just um, you know turn off my Twitter and just go on another social media site or even none at all for a couple of weeks, wait for it to die down and come back. And that's been the best solution so far because, you know, trolls or, or hateful people will move on uh, and forget quickly. This is just in the heat of the moment that they do things like that. Um, there's a really good app called Block Party where you could um, have other people vet anytime that you're mentioned or, or retweeted and block people for you. Um, and like you could actually have your friends help you. There are other tools available where if you're in a big thread, you could instantly nuke and block every single person who liked or retweeted that thread. So there are ways, there are things available, tools available for you if things go terribly wrong. However, if you're asking the question, should I have a following, then I have to say it's going to take a long time for you to even get that far. I wouldn't worry think about it. Keep it in in the back of your mind because things can go bad. And assume that anytime you're going to post anything that it's going to live there forever, but also keep in mind it takes forever to get just your first 100 followers or 50 followers or whatever it is. The numbers are are not that easy to get. So at the beginning it's the other way around. You're going to try to get noticed. You're going to try to if, especially if you're looking to build this for you know, to build a career out of it or to, to get recognized. That at the beginning, it's the other way around. You're trying to get people to, to follow you. After, after a certain point, almost everybody who has a large following will agree that the experience gets worse with each follower and not the other way around. But that's, you know, your mileage may vary. So I, you don't have to worry about it for a long time, but keep it in the, in the back of your mind. Uh, and if this if you feel that this is something that you do need for your career and that's debatable on its own, then there are things in place that will help you.
1: Oh no, man, that's an amazing answer, really. <laughs> well, thank you, I yeah, appreciate it. I picked up some stuff from it myself, that's great. <laughs> honestly, I appreciate that. Honestly, like, you know, I think that like, uh, the thing that's similar is that I separate, you know, like I have uh, an Instagram with uh, my close friends so I can post photos and we can talk and we keep up with each other and all of that. I have a public Instagram for work stuff, linkedin mm-hmm. for work stuff and twitter for work stuff every time i do a work thing i put i i put it on social media um mm-hmm. and, and that's you know what social media is for me well like facebook is also for family old friends mm-hmm. and keeping in touch really it's like my mm-hmm. messenger phone book to some extent i post like mm-hmm. once a month on that thing if any for me like i i don't think i i don't i don't like social media <laughs> generally like <laughs> i uh i, I don't I don't keep track of uh, followers and how a tweet is doing or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, for a long period of time, I didn't even use my Twitter. Yeah, but then, like, you know, somebody was telling me, he's like, you know, you come here, you do this talk and you reach 20 people, 50 people, mm-hmm. 100 people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it'll be a shame if, like, you know, your voice don't reach other people for the stuff that you're talking about. So I think, I think I kind of like begrudgingly started using <laughs> Twitter uh, because it, it helped me reach out to more people and, you know, do more of the things I wanted to do, which is like, first of all, like, you know, increase the reach of how I can help people out, indie developers, small developers, Arab developers, you know, uh, find uh, more people that can like, you know, listen to our podcast, uh, read uh, my book or like play my games, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I still yeah, do I it. I still like. Experience. I still kind of like don't put a lot of effort in it, which I guess I'm not doing it right. But <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> I think you are. Like
0: to be honest, uh, I had a similar uh, trajectory when it came to to social media. I launched, like, I, I opened the Facebook pretty much when I found out there was a Facebook, like, millions of years ago. Yeah, and then I was like, this isn't for me, and I stopped using it. Um, and then. I only went back to it when I was launching a Kickstarter for my side project. And I'm like, well, I guess I have to do the social media thing. And then I found it useful and I stuck around. Uh, but there, like, I won't lie. There were a lot of good moments there that kept me coming back for not professional uses as well. Yeah. But my initial reaction to social media is meh, not for me, believe it or yeah. not. Yeah. And wow. eventually, like, when Twitter came out, I'm like, ah, not for me <laughs> as well. And then it came back to it for the same reason. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of prefer this over the Facebook thing yeah, um, because it was mostly just ads and stuff. So like, I think it's there is something there that brings people back. But there's also something there that naturally pushes people away. Um, and it just depends on which side of the line you fall on in the moment where you're engaging with it. That yeah. determines there's usefulness that can't be argued but there's a danger same as what's stated in the email
1: yeah yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's always cool much. to keep that in mind but yeah I feel like you know, I'll do it when I feel like I stop doing it when I feel like I'm not going to take anything too seriously life's too short you know.
0: <laughs> yeah that's the right way to do it Um, I think that's all the time we have we we said we we're going to make a short episode and this ended up being a long Yeah, episode. we
1: had a lot to say it turns out <laughs> We did. Well it's been a while since we've talked to each other. True man. So, yeah, it's good to catch up. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, inshallah,
0: inshallah we'll all be there next week. We really hope that that's the case. Fingers we'll crossed, do man. Do our best. Yeah. <laughs> uh so time to put a doily on this one.
1: Time to put a doily on it.
0: All right. Uh I guess uh follow us on Discord, send us some emails. All the social media stuff. Those, all the social <laughs> media stuff. And we'll see you next week. Salaam. Salaam. That was The Habibis Podcast for this week. I'm Osama Dorias, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Osama Dorias. My fellow Habibis were Rami Ismail, you can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami, and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubayla and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about free game developers drinking good air tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service, or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening, and Asalaamu Alaikum.